Hi, I'm Erwin McManus. I want to welcome you to the Mosaic Podcast. I want to also bring you into some exciting things that are happening here. If you go to the Mosaic app, you will learn about our conference coming up this year, about MSC's new album and their tour across the country. And you can learn how to connect and be more involved in Mosaic in so many different ways. And by the way, we now have the Mosaic YouTube channel. And you can go access not only these talks, but other fresh and new materials that are being created specifically for that channel. And so if you want to be connected in a richer and fuller way, uh, not only be a part of the podcast, get to the Mosaic app and get to the channel. And we'll see you there. So today is one of my least favorite days of the year. I'm just going to say it. I, I, I love the outcome of daylight saving time. I do not like how it comes. I'm a little angry at the government for being so invasive in my life. I mean, I'm glad they're trying to give us an extra hour, but why did they have to take it? And that's just like the government. They act like they're giving you something, but they stole it from you last year. And (laughs) so here we are. We've lost an hour of sleep. We're going to pick it up later. Some of you will pick it up right now. But it was a very short night for me because we went out last night and we met some new friends and we hung out with old friends and we had a great time together. And, and, and my wife, Kim, she's usually in bed by nine. She's up by four. She still thinks she's a farm girl. So there are no cows, honey, to milk. But she gets up early, goes to bed early. But last night she was out having a great time. We got home close to midnight. And, and, and I, was a little, I was a little panicky because... I have to do this today. So I said, honey, when we get home, I, I need to have that, that, that private time where I can focus on tomorrow because I, I have to really work on my message. And she goes, okay, okay. And I said, good, because you know, you know how important that private time is where I focus on my talk. And now that we're getting home so late, she goes, oh, no, I totally get it. And we got home and I sat down in the living room and she sat down right next to me, <laughs> which was a little confusing to me because I thought we had clarity. And, and, uh, and she just started talking to me. She's been in Malawi. She just wants to hang, talk, be together. I love it, but not last night. And, and she just kept talking and talking and talking. And I, and I, and I was ready to be focused and to, to prepare for today. And, and, and I said, you know, honey, um, I, I need to transition and prepare. And she was, oh, okay, great. And then she just kept talking. And just kept talking, and it was, it was wonderful. I didn't know how to transition out of that, so I, I turned the TV on and put it on pause, like, I'm going to do something else. And, 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 and I said, honey, I need to prepare my talk. She was, you're just going to watch basketball. And I said, no, no, I'm going to prepare my talk, but you're still here. And it got later and later until it was really early this morning. She went to bed. I thought, wow, this is amazing that she stayed up this late. So I, I was up early this morning thinking about what to share with you. And when I finally came to my thoughts, which I changed as I came here this morning, I thought, I need a few hours of sleep so I can make it through the day. And at six this morning, now I want to remind you that yesterday it was five. So at 5 a.m., because I do not accept it was six, at 5 a.m., I hear, ruff, 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 ruff. I'm like, there's a mad rabid dog in our house, in our bed. And I look over and it's her phone. <laughs> she decided that the way she wanted to wake up in the morning was with a barking dog alarm. 
And it just kept on going. Ruff, 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 ruff. But it was right by her head. And she was sound asleep. The dog was going insane. And she was undisturbed. And about the third time that dog was cycling through, I finally tried to help her wake up. And she turned it off and she goes, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, really? It's five in the morning. Really? You're going to have a barking dog in our bed and not wake up. But I got to get some sleep. So I, I, I was able to pull it off. I was able to go back to sleep. I was so happy. But 30 minutes later, I'm opening my eyes, looking at Kim's face right over me. She's leaning over saying, honey, I hate to wake you. I don't think you should ever do anything you hate. And she goes, I hate to wake you, but I heard the window break. And there are people downstairs. There are burglars in the house. And I need you to do something. I said, what? She goes, they broke the window. It was loud. I heard the window break and they're in the house. I said, okay, okay. So I got up, got dressed, walked out the bedroom and she was right behind me with a clothes hanger. All right. I don't know what she's going to do with that. Give me your coat. I don't know what she's going to do with a clothes hanger. And they're like, just wait here. She goes, okay. But then she couldn't. She kept coming with me. And I, I went down the stairs and I, I know how to do this. This was, this used to be like my world. And, and uh, so I, I, you walk in, you, you work your back toward the corners so that you can see in both directions. So you can't be assaulted from behind. And so I moved through each room, very calculated manner and, and no unlocked doors, no broken windows, another room. Windows fine, doors fine, another room, nobody. I checked closets, I opened bathroom doors. I checked every spot where they might be hiding, nothing. The house was calm and peaceful. And Kit kept saying, I heard the window break. I'm telling you, I heard the window break. And I'm like, really? She says, yes. I said, honey, there's nothing broken. There's nobody in the house. So she opens the door, steps outside. She goes, somebody in our neighborhood is being robbed right now. You didn't hear a window break. Yes, I did. I heard a window break. Someone's being robbed right now. Really? You had to wake me up. There were no thieves in her house except for one, my wife, who stole my hour of sleep. You ever felt like God was sleeping through your crisis? Hmm. You're just trying to figure out how to wake him up. Because what I want to talk to you about today is when God looks at you and says, really? Because I think there are a lot of us here who can't seem to get God to wake up and get involved in our lives. You ever felt like that? God, pay attention to what's going, going on in my life. Look what's happening to me. Look at my crisis. Look at my problems. God, I, I'm facing something too big, but God doesn't seem to be interested. You ever prayed? No response. I love all the cliches about prayer, but the truth is we have cliches about prayer because we don't have answers to prayer. And I, I, I wonder if it's possible for God to sleep through your crisis. And then I see Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse 23. Now when it says he, 
It's talking about Jesus. It says, then Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, really? He said a few more words. But he's just saying, really? You're going to wake me for this? Really? He replied, you of little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves. And it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. I wonder if God is sleeping through your crisis because your life is so uninteresting, you're putting God to sleep. Are we, are, are we, are we getting somewhere right now? Because <laughs> uh, see, I, I, I had to wonder if we're trying to wake God up, but he just doesn't think it's worth getting up for. See, it's not that God's disinterested in your life. He just may be uninterested in what you're willing to live for. Because he's waiting for you to step up and live for more. So that you actually need him to be awake. Then Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him. I, I, I think it's so significant how it starts. Because it starts with the right direction. His followers followed him. His disciples followed him. That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. You follow Jesus wherever he's going. So it wasn't that they got in a boat and Jesus followed them. Jesus got into the boat and so they got into the boat with him. But I I think that what's really going on here is that they didn't understand the full implications of what it meant to get into the boat. Because they got really upset later because the boat left the shore. And then they went out into the waters and then the storm came. And then when the storm came, they became really upset because Jesus seemed to be uninvolved and uninterested in their safety. He just slept through it. But I think that the question that, that Jesus would ask us is, well, what did you sign up for? What, what did you think I was calling you to? See, I think sometimes we start following Jesus, but we don't really understand the implications of following Jesus. I think a lot of us follow Jesus, but all we think we have to do is just get into the boat. But the boat is anchored to the shore. It's tied up with ropes, and we're not going anywhere. And we love being in the Jesus boat as long as it never goes anywhere that might endanger us. And so we get into the boat with Jesus, and then he unties the boat pulls up the anchor, and goes out into the waters. And we're like, wait a minute. I didn't know that there were these implications to following you. You're going places I don't really want to go. And there may be some of you here that you followed Jesus right into the boat. I believe in Jesus. But you didn't know the implications of what that means. Because I wonder sometimes God's looking at us and going, what did you Sign up for. What did you think it 
meant to follow me. Because then Jesus not only takes the boat out into the waters, but he lets the boat go into the middle of a storm. And it says, suddenly, there was a furious storm. It wasn't just an average storm. It was a furious storm. It happened suddenly, unexpectedly. See, I think sometimes we get confused in our faith because we turn to Jesus because our life is a mess and so we want God to fix it. We want God to make everything better. And we think that what God's going to give us is that, that glassy, smooth journey where there are no waves and no winds. And then suddenly you start following Jesus and your life gets harder. You have bigger challenges. You have greater problems. You're facing a more furious storm. You thought, wait a minute, I didn't know following you, Jesus, was going to cause this to happen in my life. And he would say, really? I mean, stop and think about it just for a minute. God stepped into human history, born of a virgin, took on flesh and blood, walked among us. He knew us. It says, he knew our hearts, so no one needed to tell him anything about us. He knew when he was going to Jerusalem 33 years after his birth, that it would be the end of his life. He understood he would be betrayed by a kiss by one of his closest friends. He knew that all those who had devoted themselves to him and sworn allegiance to him would run away in fear and abandon him to die alone. He knew that he would be stripped of all of his dignity, spat upon, tortured, brutalized and beaten, nailed to a tree. He knew that tree would be lifted off the ground and he would be crucified on that cross. He understood all of that. So that on the third day he could rise from the dead. And you're surprised that following him is going to cost you something? Jesus came to save humanity. And you think that all he wants for you is to get into the boat so you can rock a little safely at the shore? If you're going to follow Jesus, you are following the savior of humanity So you need to understand you will be embracing his mission. You are here to save the world. What do you think you signed up for? So it just seems like too many conversations about how to get your life just a little bit better. How to have a better dating life. How to to get promoted at work. And and I think God's like, really? Really? You think this is why I sent my son. You think this is why I allowed him to be brutalized. That you think this is why I allowed those thorns to be pressed against his head. You think this is why I allowed those nails to go into his hands and feet so that you could just live comfortably. Really? What did you think you signed up for? I want you to understand something so you never confuse, at least here. Jesus came to turn human history upside down. He came to end the war that rages within us. He came to war against our violence and our hatred, our greed, our envy. He came to heal us so that we would love and we could care and we would be filled with hope and joy. And this is the battle that he gives to us. So don't just get in the boat if you don't want the boat to travel into the storm. 
Because then you're going to be angry with God. Say, why are you doing this? He goes, really? Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake. So that the waves swept over the boat. Huge storm. Furious storm. The waves were crashing against the boat. The wind was blowing so hard it was screaming their death and destruction. They were being swallowed up by the waters. They were afraid. And by the way, these were professional fishermen. Wasn't their first time in a boat. Wasn't their first time in deep waters. And it wasn't their first time in a storm. But they were afraid. It says they were fighting the storm, but Jesus was asleep. I love that, but Jesus was sleeping. It's so unusual to read that, I think. We're used to saying, and Jesus healed the sick. And Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And Jesus walked on water. And Jesus full fed the multitudes. And Jesus rose from the dead. It's so strange to read, and Jesus was sleeping. <laughs> And the disciples went and woke him. That takes a lot of audacity to wake up God. <laughs> Saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. They had done a risk assessment. And they realized, we're going to die. So wake up, God. You ever thought about your future and every future you see is negative? I see so many people, and all they can see is the dark side of tomorrow. Just so full of despair and hopelessness. And, and it's crazy that they actually followed Jesus into the boat, but then somehow assumed that it was an accident that they were in the storm. And, and I, I think this is a moment when they woke up Jesus, that he was like, really? What's keeping you awake? What do you mean what's keeping us awake? How can you sleep through this storm? <laughs> I, I, I'm a really light sleeper. Everything wakes me up. And I have a hard time going to sleep. It takes at least three Netflix shows <laughs> for me to start going to sleep. But I'm married to the polar opposite. I mean, Kim has like a gift, a sleeping gift. It's a talent. She can just say, I'm going to sleep, and she's out. And I, I can tell you, this is not an exaggeration. I, I, I've laid in bed, and Kim will take off her headset and go, I'm going to sleep. And I'll lean over to kiss her, and she's out. <laughs> I mean, she's already out. I'm not talking about going. I mean, she's out. I don't know when she went out. It was either before the phrase, and the phrase was just the momentum of her consciousness. Because <laughs> I don't understand how a person can go, I'm going to sleep. But we've been married 34 years, and I've seen this over and over again. It's crazy. I, in fact, the other day, I started having a conversation with her, and she goes, well, why haven't you told me this? I said, honey, I told you this last night. She goes, you did? I said, yes. She goes, I, I, no. And I realized she was asleep. She was asleep so fast, her eyes didn't even know. They were still open. That's terrifying. It's terrifying. And... We'll go to work out. And when we get in the car, she goes, you know, I, I'll, you know, I, I drive. She goes, you, you drive. And she'll fall asleep on the way to working out in her Nike gear. Just do it. But she's out. 
And she just sleeps the whole way there. I'm like, how did she do that? And when she gets her, she wakes up. She goes, oh, I'm so refreshed. <laughs> Glad I could help. She's like that on airplanes. And Mariah's just like that too. Mariah's like a rock. She just goes out. And, and in fact, Kim and Mariah have this ability to sleep through anything. It's, see, for 34 years, Kim has been waking me up in the middle of the night telling me someone's breaking in. This was not new today. This has been going on for decades. And if someone hasn't broken in, the house is on fire. I smell something. I smell fire. The house is on fire. I smell gas. Kim smells fires and hears burglars. And she keeps waking me up. And I feel like God's going, what's keeping you awake? And they're going, the storm! Now, has it ever occurred to you that what's keeping you awake may not even be waking God up? It's just not as big as you think it is. See, I I, I thought about this because I have friends who don't know God, friends who don't believe in God. And a part of their, their challenge is that they watch people who have faith and they seem to have less strength than the person who doesn't have faith. I'm just going to be straight up. There are people who don't believe in God who live more heroic, more courageous lives than people who do believe in God. And we look weak. We look weak because our faith becomes a crutch, not a launching pad. And here are these fishermen who have been in boats before. They've been in deep waters before. They faced great storms before, but now they're afraid. And I think the reason they're afraid is because they, before they'd been there without Jesus. And so they knew they needed to pull the ropes and fight the wind and the waves and fight their way home. They didn't have time to be afraid. But now they expected Jesus to bail them out because isn't that what Jesus is there for? To bail you out from the storm so that you don't have to be strong enough to overcome the storm? See, I I think a lot of people without faith look at us and go, you can't even do what a person without faith does. So why should I think your faith helps at all? You need to be careful that your faith isn't making you weaker. Jesus didn't even wake up because it wasn't worth the attention of God. He said, we're going to drown. And then he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Don't you hate questions like that? Because fear is not rational. But here was a pretty rational moment. We're afraid because we're fishermen and we know what a violent storm looks like. And this one is so furious. It's so dangerous. It's so violent. We're terrified we're going to die. And you seem completely indifferent to our needs. So then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves. I love that. He just... Matthew just writes that like it's so expected. He rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Now, why didn't Jesus have a conversation with them instead of the winds and the waves? See, I would think Jesus would get up, instead of saying, oh, you of little faith, why are you afraid? He should say, I know it's scary. Storms can be scary, even for big fishermen like you. (laughs) I know, John and James, you're called the Sons of thunder, but I know you're really sensitive. <laughs> Underneath it all, Peter, you, you talk a big game, but, you know, all that rocking, it's really messing you up. 
He doesn't even talk to them. He talks to the wind and the waves. And I, I have a theory behind that. I think he knew that creation would do what he said, but they wouldn't listen. Because they clearly were not paying attention to what he was saying to them. Because they were afraid. This scenario, it didn't have to go like this. It could have been different. I mean, I understand why it would be so confusing where you have Jesus, who's God himself, asleep on the boat, and he seems completely oblivious to what's going on. We need to wake up God. Some of you, you've been trying to wake God up to get involved in your problem. You're like, God, where are you? Why aren't you paying attention? Why aren't you getting involved? Are you sleeping on me? And, And that was their posture. Fear and terror. Because God didn't seem to care. But it could have been a different posture. See, this fisherman, and by the way, Jesus was a carpenter, and they were fishermen. They could have said, Look at those waves! Bam! Feel that wind, it's blowing us, it's gonna tear us to shreds, it's about to consume us! But look at Jesus, he's asleep. We know who he is. We know how he cares about us. We know he's not indifferent to our needs. We know that he is with us. We know he called us into this boat. We know he called us into this water. We know he led us into this storm. So let's just enjoy the ride. This should have been the time of their life. Come on, waves. Yeah! It'd be amazing. This could have been like Thomas's moment. I'm not going to get worried until Jesus wakes up. <laughs> if he can sleep through this, then I can live through this. So what are you afraid of? I wonder if what's scaring you and paralyzing you, and I hear so much talk, and there's so many people who are struggling with anxiety and stress and panic attacks and and depression, and, and I know there's a lot of you who are paralyzed by fear, and it's not a rational fear, because you think you're going to drown. You're afraid of a future that does not exist. You're afraid of the worst-case scenario for tomorrow. And, and, and so you're not drowning in what you fear. You're drowning in your fears. And it could have been so different because... See, if you knew who God was, if you knew you were in the boat with him, so you knew that this storm was never a surprise to God, maybe you could then find the courage and faith to elevate. Wouldn't it have been amazing? See, I I think the story doesn't play out the way it's supposed to play out. Jesus got up and rebuked the winds and the waves. And, And by the way, the same God who can speak to the wind and the waves and command it to be still can calm your weary soul. But your soul has to pay attention just like the wind does. Your soul has to submit to his voice just like the waves do. You have to trust him with your life. So he says, what? why are you afraid? And you're like, because we're in a storm. See, I think he's looking at you going, really? You're afraid of a storm when you're in the boat with the God who created the water and the wind. <laughs> and then the men were amazed and asked, what, what kind of man is this? 
Even the winds and the waves obey him. I think this is another one of those. Really? You're just asking that question. You got into a boat with a man you don't even know what kind of man he is. Are you out of your mind? Because if Jesus is just a great teacher, you're going to die in the storm. If Jesus is just a brilliant philosopher, get ready to drown. If Jesus is just a beautiful humanitarian, he's going to be screaming right next to you. Somebody help. But if he's the one who speaks to creation and creates it. And speaks to creation and calms it. Then you're in the right boat. In the right water. In the right storm. So who do you think you're following? See, if you're just trying to pick up a few life principles from Jesus, I think you better get out of the boat. Because this boat is not going to stay anchored at the shore. It's going to take you deep. It's going to take you into deep, deep waters. See, if you follow Jesus, he's going to press you. He's going to challenge you. He's going to call you to greatness. He's going to evoke out of you your strength and courage. He's going to awaken in you the hero that is asleep within you. He's going to speak to the wind, but I don't think that's what he wanted to do. So you know what I see Jesus doing? He's reducing the circumstances because of their lack of courage. Because fear is not the consequence of your circumstances. Fear is the consequence of your character. And I don't think Jesus wanted to speak to the wind in the wave. I think he wanted to speak to them. Say, rise up. Stand against the wind. Lean into the waves. Feel the boat press against the roar and thunder of the deep waters underneath. Take a deep breath of life. Let the cold water press against your skin. Celebrate being alive and know there is no wave too high that you cannot rise above it. Man, I don't want to be the guy that Jesus has to speak to the waves and the winds because I am too afraid to go through that storm. And I don't think you do either. Because your life, it's cutting right through that storm. Your future is in the eye of the storm. That tempest, it cannot drown you. It can make you run, it can make you hide, but it cannot steal from you, your future or your destiny. But I love how the story begins. And when Jesus got into the boat, his disciples followed him. That's how the story begins. See, the only way you'll ever find out who you are and who he is, the only way you'll ever step into the storm and rise above it is if you step into the boat and say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm with you. I'm in. You just tell us where to go. You just tell me where to go. I don't care how, how rough and tumultuous the waters are. I don't care how strong and powerful the winds are. Jesus, I'm going with you wherever you go. And let me tell you, that's where life begins. That's when life becomes an adventure. That's where you begin to live a life of faith. 
Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you've just received, allow it to go deeply into your soul, to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he could do. And I also want to encourage you to be a part of what we're doing here at Mosaic, to go to the Mosaic app and to become a part of the Mosaic Foundation, to become a regular giver and investor in bringing this message across the world. I want to thank you so much for being here with us. God bless you.